sorry. Um, oh, O'Reilly. Oh, Where did that come from? Auto parts. Okay. Apoptosis going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. A stardust and chemistry. Hello and welcome to Cowboy Chemistry, where we talk about the uh, wilder days of chemistry, or in this case, I guess, the fictional days of chemistry. Uh, my name is uh, Dylan Tharp E. Riley. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a PhD candidate uh, at Texas Tech. Uh, my guest today is Joshua Salmons. Uh, he is a librarian, a left-handed librarian at Texas Tech. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a little tired at the end of the semester, but... Mm-hmm. I'm here and going. Yeah, we are so close to Thanksgiving. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I don't even have to take classes anymore, but I f- it feels like it's dragging on. <laughs> uh, I teach classes. I I write for um, and publish for things I wish I didn't have to publish for. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much do you know about chemistry? I was expecting this question, because apparently you asked this uh, for uh, all your guests Mm -hmm. and things like that. And mm, I don't know. I am, I don't know. uh, People often say, oh, librarian, you you know everything, don't you? And stuff like that. And I'm going, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put me on such a pedestal uh, uh, there. Uh, When it comes to chemistry... Uh, what do I know? I, I know science fair stuff, mixed baking soda and vinegar and right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the volcano, <laughs> a volcano, and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. and uh, and then whatever uh, uh, kind of uh, whirlwind of Star Trek stuff winds up in chemicals and cures and dilithium and uh, <laughs> neutrinos and, and neutrinos. I don't think is even chemistry, but. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess it's more physics, but more yeah. More physics, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that, so... Once uh, you get to those, like, subatomic particles, uh, things get a little wishy-washy, too, because then you're like, there's there's chemists who do do subatomic stuff, and you're like, okay, is that more physics now? You know, physical chemistry is a, a whole branch, and you're like, is that physics, is that chemistry? I don't know, but you're doing it. You're doing it and <laughs> stuff like that. So other than that, I know very little. I, I remember in high school doing chemistry, and I love balancing equations, mm-hmm. but I remember very little of it, And but that was my favorite thing to do in high school. Yeah. Balancing equations is very satisfying if you if you get the tricks right, you know? Right. Yeah. 
you know, that baking soda vinegar thing you're saying about the volcano, I feel like that's like the powerhouse of the cell, but for chemistry. Like, everyone's just like, <laughs> I don't know anything, but I know if I mix these two things together, it it makes a small explosion, and that that's fun. <laughs> right. And seeing that just go, oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know, that's just the thought I had. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about Star Trek, and I know you know a lot about Star Trek. Uh, I, I grew up, um, mostly on my, sitting on my dad's lap, watching episodes of TNG. Mm-hmm. Um, am I the type you of... You have to say the next generation. Not everyone's gonna know what TNG oh, is. TNG, yeah. <laughs> I've got my Star Trek just like librarian lingo. I've got my Star Trek lingo, so mm-hmm. I throw something out there that's Star Trek and you're like, what is that? Just holler at me. What is that? Well, so I know what it is, uh... Yeah, I just try. I had to consciously do it myself too. I was like, okay, TNG is the next generation. Like TOS is the original series. series? Uh, you gotta, we gotta have to say it out because like a lot of the people listening are probably not Trekkies or, DS9, or Trekkers. Trekkers. <laughs> I've never heard of Trekkers, and I've been, but uh, uh, certainly there have been different names uh, throughout the. Um, I did have an experience at my grandparents' house once. Uh, used to come after school and. Uh, somebody knocked on the door and there was somebody in full, um, uh, uniform with an insignia and stuff like that and was asking directions because we were on Main Street Mm. there and apparently right next door in an old, uh, uh, defunct hospital was, uh, a meeting place for Trekkies and I went, okay, Hmm. uh, I'm not that bad. Uh, I... (laughs) You're not meeting in abandoned hospitals. <laughs> abandoned hospitals. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not the the uh, for those out there. He's not a real Trekkie or whatever because he doesn't know the star date to such and such. A, I'm not that that mm-hmm. level. I just grew up with it. Sentimental. I can talk about it. Most things that are related to it, I can talk to some degree about it. Um, I don't speak Klingon. Uh, I tried to learn Klingon. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Tried to learn clean on. It's on okay. Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there. If you would like to learn that, I know a few phrases from the from the episodes, but that's about it. <laughs> so, according to this blog, it says a Trekkie is a fan that has lost touch with reality. A Trekker enjoys <laughs> being a fan, but still has both feet on the ground here in the real world. Um, Trekkers are the ones walking among us. Uh, but in the 70s, the uh, the people, I guess, that considered themselves to be normal fans wanted to be called Trekkers to separate themselves from, um, basically, they're saying, like, the freaks that were Trekkies, like, the oh, really yeah. intense The ones people. meeting in abandoned hospitals. <laughs> right. Knocking right. on people's doors, like, where's, where's the abandoned hospital? <laughs> it, was, it was so funny because it was right next door to my grandparents' house, and mm-hmm. it's this big brick building, and I just pointed... it's right there (laughs) yeah now now we just have star trek conventions i guess which is is also nerdy um but yeah it kind of seems like uh, okay so urban dictionary has an alternate definition that says a trekker is a trekkie with no sense of humor okay i mean it kind of seems like there is a a small silver war a, a silent majority if you will of uh of trekkers who like to hate on Trekkies and Trekkies who like to hate on Trekkers. Oh, okay. Um, maybe I, I try to avoid that. Uh, 
I've not been in that either. I, I have been told that I'm not a real Star Trek fan for not knowing such and such thing or not watching. Because I haven't watched um, the Ent- Enterprise. I haven't watched that one. Couldn't get into it. Didn't like it. I'm sorry. I don't like it. It was not. It, is, it was different. And it wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Uh, but I feel like Trekkers can get confused with. Because I, I know like there's like different hiking clubs and things like that that call themselves trekkers and i mean I, honestly i thought you said truckers at first i was like trucker truckers are really into star trek now i don't know <laughs> this is a you know like yeah i don't know i've never heard anybody call themselves a, a trekker Mm-mm. anybody who i've heard who likes star trek has called themselves a trekkie Trekky. yeah i don't know well, um trekker was more popular to use in like the 70s and early 80s early mm. to mid 80s and then people kind of locked onto trekkie when it started to get more more, I guess, in the uh, zeitgeist. Like, when it yeah. was on Saturday Night Live and stuff, then it was Trekkie. Hmm. When did it make it to Saturday Night, Li- Night Live? Um, let's see. I do have that here. <laughs> Our fact I checker over there. <laughs> Didn't Jim Belushi do... Yeah, Jim Belushi. Wait, was it William Shatner in Star Trek? Yes. He's the, he's the captain in oh, the original captain series. Kirk. Yeah, he's... It says in the, uh, in the 80s that he was... He did a whole skit about them and told them to get a life. Let me see. I don't have a... Wait, William Shatner did, a, did That's that? That's what it says. I wouldn't really? be shocked. He was in it. <laughs> He's probably like, you guys are losers. He's like, I'm just in the show. I don't have a specific date. It just says 1980s. I remember uh, seeing, yeah, um, SNL, The Last Voyage with Jim Belushi. Um, let's see. It's a, sc- uh, uh, a comedy sketch that first aired on... May 29th, 1976, during episode 22 of SNL. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it features uh, Jim Belushi as Captain Kirk. If we're familiar with Jim Belushi. Rest in peace, Jim Belushi. I, I don't know that, but I know very few references ever made on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Jim Belushi, he did Blues Brothers on SNL, too, did... What else did he do? I mean, that's a lot of people credit, like, they credit him with the fact that SNL was so great back in those days. Like, there are a lot of Mm. people that say, like, you know, the the Belushi era, era, the 70s era was kind of over-romanticized in the comedy community. I don't like sketch comedy. Um, Yeah. So, you know. We've been over this. If it's not a pure stand-up, you're like, it's it's inferior. A bit of a purist. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh but yeah, I saw a couple sketches with Jim Belushi acting out the Jim Kirk over exaggerated, yeah, uh, yeah, like <laughs> features and stuff. Like once, that. once you hear it, you're like, mm. you, you can't unhear how Captain Kirk talks, like the, right. the, the dramatic pauses in his voice, and then it kind of goes up in pitch occasionally for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely mirrored by dramatic body movements exaggerated body movements and, mm-hmm. and things like that he looks like he, i don't know if this is true but he looks like someone who started off in like broadway and then made his way to tv and i don't know if that's true but that's just what it feels like that that you know the the way he moves it feels like it should be on a broadway play yeah it does kind of seem that way i don't know where or or where he got his start i remember pictures of him like living in like a single wide trailer or something mm-hmm. and having a a truck during the original series originally back in the 60s like he didn't make 
money off of Star Trek somehow. Yeah. Or <laughs> he yeah, wasn't well, the eye rolling back then. The original series, I mean, was really low budget. <laughs> really low budget. That's why they had that whole scene that was just an alien and that was just a Godzilla costume. Like that fight scene where he fights an alien. Oh, the and Gorn. It, the Gorn, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's just like a repurposed lizard costume. And the Gorn comes back in Enterprise and now in Discovery mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. It, it it's made its way. Uh, but did you know that, um, you know, the uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of uh, Star Trek, um, the first ship wasn't Enterprise, and uh, the first captain wasn't Captain Kirk and stuff like that in his original uh, proposal. What was the original ones? Uh, the original ones, we had Captain April. Mm-hmm. Ah. And, yeah, Captain April, and um, uh, we had um, Spock as this uh, devilish character and with a tail even uh not just the point was he red uh i don't think so but i think he had a different skin color Mm. uh and stuff like that and um and then wasn't really the logical species as vulcans will become in the star trek series that was actually supposed to be for the first lieutenant or the first uh the first uh officer yeah and was supposed to be a woman uh, was supposed to be a logical, command-bearing um, person on the bridge, and the networks just did not go for that, mm. and so they rejected that, and they had to rewrite it with Spock as a uh, as a as a Vulcan and the logical one on the. <laughs> yeah, well, that's um, that's interesting too, because like that it puts like the whole um, the first like the the pilot in that first episode that in a new context too, because like the first thing that's basically said is, oh, I can't get used to having a woman on the bridge and a woman in charge or whatever the line is. I think it's a woman on the bridge. Uh, That's like a direct drag at those guys that were like, oh, no, you can't have a woman captain. Absolutely not. No, not of course. Or illogical, you know. (laughs) Or illogical women. What about the ovaries? Yeah, that's just, you can't have that. I mean, uh, but yeah, that was kind of the first first idea that was pitched um, and stuff with uh, Solo. Solo is the person who kind of uh producer i guess mm-hmm. that kind of uh because gene roddenberry came in to the with the networks with one sheet of paper and when he looked at that he said most people come with books and their whole cv and their whole thing <laughs> and jim or i mean uh not jim um uh gene roddenberry came in with one piece of paper with his idea pitched Right. And was not a good salesperson. And Solo was like, okay, I've got to be the liaison between him and the big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's funny. This just brings a sheet of paper. People are bringing, like, their entire life's work. Like, please make this a show. And he's like, I got a piece of paper with a word on it. Yeah. Space. Yorktown. Yeah. And so... That's kind of the beginning parts of Is this Star a Trek. drawing of a devil and a lady in space? <laughs> right. Just little doodles of that on there. Here's my idea. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Um, the Gene Roddenberry's little world that he sets up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get into some science, because that's what I guess people are listening for. Um, I wanted to start, and it might end up being like the entire conversation, because... It's so bad. Um, the Star Trek periodic table. Mm. It is a nightmare. I've never seen 
Okay, and this this one, this periodic table, it's not like they had an excuse, okay? Because this periodic table that they put in to the future, they did it in, like, the 1990s, I think, or, like, eight, late 80s, because it's from the, the uh, next generation. Mm-hmm. So, like, we had a real periodic table that they could have added to, but no, <laughs> they made their own. And it's just from, like, a picture, like, a random background picture from, like data's like screens and they just turned they're like all right we have this picture we have to make it something because everyone's probably fixating on it so let's make a fake periodic table out of it and they're all it's all nonsensical none of none of it none of it's real none of (laughs) almost none of it's real they have hydrogen (laughs) can i tell you where where this uh kind of came from this periodic table yeah uh this is in a episode called rascals and there is a uh you know the shuttlecrafts in there you know it's not the big ships it's the little things that, little things that brings them between yeah, ships into the planet planets and yeah. stuff like that well um there's uh several characters including captain picard um who is the captain of the enterprise uh, there is Guinan, who is like kind of like the bar- wise bartender. Yes. Uh, in the um, in the series, who's Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi Goldberg plays uh, Guinan. <laughs> there was Ensign I knew that. Rowe. I know that. You know I that know, one? Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Uh, and plays uh, in the new Picard series is, is also that Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg doesn't play, but Guinan's character is there. Um, and uh, I thought Whoopi Goldberg was in it too. Because uh, they play yeah, her, yeah. they do her young and old. But the person, yeah, they do. Yeah, you're right. Uh, both, uh, both the of old, them are in the there. older one is still got, is still Whoopi Goldberg, and then there's mm-hmm. a younger lady who is playing her like in the past. Yeah, uh, yeah, you have that whole dynamic and time is playing uh, so much. But in this one, you have uh, Guinan, you have Ensign Rowe. Ensign Rowe is um, a um, uh, what's called a Maquis, a rebellious. Uh, they're kind of in between them and these lizard-like uh, aliens called the Cardassians. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Spoonheads. Yeah. <laughs> and the Spoonheads. And um, oh, um, uh, O'Reilly's, Chief O'Reilly's wife. O'Brien. Uh, yeah, O'Brien. O'Brien, sorry. <laughs> um, o- O'Reilly. O- Where did O'Reilly's that come from? Auto parts. parts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm I'm begging for her name at this moment. I'll have to figure that uh, figure that out. Uh, but uh, all of them are in an accident here, uh, where they get um, they come back from the transporters, which they transport people back mm-hmm. and forth. Teleporters, they're teleporters. teleporters and stuff like that. Anyway, they come back as kids. They get all. Uh, things and anyway oh yeah yeah they're all the, children and like picard they got yeah. like a little kid playing a grown-up jean-luc picard and it's adorable right he keeps right straighten his little jacket i want to see my father <laughs> now 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 <laughs> but anyway they get uh, at almost the same time uh ferengis attack the ship and take over it ferengis are these little um mm-hmm. i call them little trumps i don't know <laughs> They're all into gold press latinum and yeah. and, and uh, making the best deal and yeah. they have these rules of acquisitions. They take over the ship, uh, these rogue uh, uh, Ferengis, and anyway, all the kids are sent to like the nursery, right? Like a, yeah, a I remember classroom. this one. Yeah, that's where that table of 
because uh, oh, it's on like the children's tablets. Then, yeah, like this is and, what they're teaching the, them. Yeah, yeah, and in uh, Picard and Guinan and Ensign Rowe and why am I forgetting her name? Uh, see, I'm not a true Trekkie there, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, they're asking uh, they're asking the computer to display. You know, show me section. Uh, deck so and so of this and the Jeffrey's tubes which lead yeah. between the decks and stuff like that. Sorry, I can't do that. I can show you the periodic table <laughs> and like and that's where that that whole that whole scene right there is is from that episode and that's that picture. Yeah, that the the children's computer is showing them. Yeah, they're like, oh, we can't show you like these complicated somatics. Here's a periodic table, <laughs> but. That's interesting. I didn't realize it was from that episode. That's a fun episode if you want to ever go watch it. It's called Rascals. It's called Rascals. All right. Yeah, that's a fun one because you're, it's, you know, they got these little kids acting like grown adults, you know, little child actors pretending to be these like very serious adults. It's and, pretty fun. <laughs> and Ensign Rowe can't accept it. She comes uh, from a hard life mm-hmm. on the kind of like a street life and survival. Yeah. I remember and, her saying, like, her childhood was awful. Like, yeah. why would I want to be a child again? Go, right. Why, why Why? do I want to do this again? And Guinan is kind of the, uh, who is an ancient being, actually, several centuries old. Yeah. And why is on Earth and Picard in the 21st century? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 21st century, I think. What, what, what they're in? Uh, in the new series, Picard, Guinan. Oh, yeah, 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 they go back to the 21st century, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, yeah, they basically go back to present day today. Um, But anyway, this this periodic table, I think, is really interesting for a few reasons. The first reason is that, like, they they organize it by atomic weight, which is an interesting choice. Because, again, they're they're making this up. They're entirely making this up, which is actually kind of a good thing, because then real scientists aren't gonna like pick it apart <laughs> they're not gonna come in and be like well you can't possibly have this because we already do that with dilithium where we're like dilithium is, doesn't exist because you can't have two lithium atoms in a covalent bond it just doesn't work which is true it doesn't work um they're very basically for that to work like you'd have to they're just very ionic mm-hmm. in character they want to ionically bond which means they need something negatively charged and lithiums are always positively charged, almost always positively charged. Yeah. So, like, it bonding to itself would just be a nightmare. Also, it would be so explosive. It would be so horribly, horribly explosive. So, but anyway, we already picked that one apart. Okay. <laughs> right? It's not possible to actually have, possible to have a covalent this. lithium bond like that. So, what that. is a covalent bond? So, a covalent bond is a bond where um, elements share one um electron with each other um you know one electron comes from usually one electron comes from one one electron comes from the other you can have two electrons coming from one element and, and then binding to the other bonding together yeah and so then they're shared in between the molecules so usually they're they're like you know you have your two nuclei and then the electrons are in the middle ish mm-hmm. um and that they are shared between the two atomic centers with um ionic bonding what you have is like you have one positively charged thing, one negatively charged thing, and it's just being held together like a magnet, you know, like oh, okay, negative, okay. positive. It's just they're just sitting next to each other, essentially. Like okay. there's no shared electron density between the two atom centers. They're just being held together by the electronic attraction. Oh, OK. So, cool. yeah, covalent is sharing. Ionic is they're just being held together by interstatic or electrostatic forces. So, oh, OK. So they're. 
touching but not sharing something is that yeah so they're they're associated right like so that yeah. like, that's like uh table salt sodium chloride right like mm-hmm. they're they're it's when it's, it's a compound they're together okay um so but they're just not sharing them just won't do this this right so like if if you did try to bind two lithiums together, it would not create a stable compound, essentially, because the sharing of electrons is usually driven by essentially filling an octet. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people have heard the octet rule, right? Like, you fill... Basically, atoms are trying to be like the noble gases, and the noble gases usually have eight valence electrons in their outer shell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so if you're doing that with lithium and trying to do that... Lithium wants to lose an electron so that it'll be like helium, right? Okay. So like it would wants to lose an electron and then make an ionic bond. That's that's what lithium wants to do. Which there's a chemist out there going, "Don't personify the molecules." <laughs> and to that I say, I'm explaining it to layman. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and probably the only way I uh, I can probably grasp that is the personification yeah I, I find it i find a lot of people understand it better when you say they this is what they want this is what they're happy about they, they're stable Incentives when they do this matter. yeah <laughs> but so yes yeah, so they want to lose an electron to become like helium and then they'll mm. ionically bond that's what lithium does most of the time and so for it to bond with itself it's not getting any stabilizing factor because they're both going to be positively charged right? right you need a negative charge to balance out the charges so you can't just have two because if you add an electron and make lithium negatively charged like it's not going to get any stabilization because that's not if you look at how many electrons it has it's not a noble gas it doesn't have the same amount of electrons as a noble gas so it's not stable so in star trek i'm familiar with dilithium as this crystal no oh. <laughs> oh, okay so that's just that's completely uh, made up huh yeah i mean so i think we've technically kind of made li- dilithium like a like a lithium and it, it's a gas okay so this is how uh memory alpha the star trek kind of defines dilithium uh dilithium is an element a member of the hypersonic series uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> Primarily occurring as a crystalline uh, mineral, it was a critical. It, it, and you see this all throughout um, Star Trek, the di- from the original series on forward. Dilithium is what makes warp speed. The this this speed that you right. can travel to. I don't think they've left the galaxy in there. The, like they had only explored eleven percent of the gla- galaxy in Star Trek. In the 24th century. Yeah. So we're still confined to galaxy, but Mm -hmm. you're traveling between planets and solar systems and, and things like that. And, um, so dilithium is what makes that possible. And this has something to do with matter and antimatter. I've never understood what their explanation was. Well, cause it's nonsensical. (laughs) It's it's not. (laughs) I never got the connection between what dilithium does. Uh, to matter and or does it produce the antimatter? I I don't know to make this. Uh, I've never gotten a clear explanation either. I, it's again, it's nonsensical because like it doesn't. You mean there's no such thing as hypersonic series of elements? No, and like so they have like the, they have these different series of their elements too, and I'm just like, okay, so are these supposed to be like groups? Because that's how us chemists, like real chemists, determine like reactivity. They have groups, so you have like. Like, you have the noble gases, and then you have, like, halogens and calcogens and... 
Uh, you have the transition metals, and you have lanthanides, nactonides. Like, is that connected to like our halogen light? Okay, I'm speaking out of my. I, I have no I hear idea all about these lighting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought halogen was a chemical or something. So oh. halogen is a group of chemicals. So uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do with lighting. I don't know anything about lighting. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, yeah. Well, this podcast is going to show my ignorance of chemistry. <laughs> So what would, like, what chemicals are in the halogen group? Halogens are um, chlorine, bromine, um, fluor- fluorine, and uh, iodine. Iodine. I thought maybe it was one of the, chem- I was like, well, maybe it's like neon? I don't know. No, huh? ne- neon's a noble gas. Okay. So helium, neon, argon, xenon, I'm missing one. Those are, those are the noble okay. gases. So, but you said that... In Star Trek, they organize their periodic table by weight. Yes. Wouldn't it be different all the time if they're in space or no? No. So, um, at least with atomic weight, that's a constant value. So, the way we get atomic weight is through the mass of the proton, mass of the electron, mass of the neutron, right? And so, every element, every isotope has its own number, unique number of protons electrons and neutrons right and so every isotope has a very exact mass that does not change all right it's been a while slept since uh high school chemistry what's an isotope okay yeah so and then okay so also i should clarify um we say weight but really we we kind of mean mass so because my next question yeah weight weight is different from mass yeah so weight is gravity based Uh right Mm -hmm. but like we have a thing called like a molecular weight, but that's in grams, so it's a mass. Okay. But that's just we're we're never actually giving a weight, like we're never measuring in pounds or ounces or anything like that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Or kilogram, like yeah. So it's always in kilograms and grams. Okay. Um, it's always mass, really. Even if we say weight, I know that's confusing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So. So when you say mass, or when you say weight. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mass. Yes. Even though in normal conversations, what, where am I going with this? Like, <laughs> yeah. So like if you, because if, basically usually weight is gravity based, right? So okay, weight we weigh, is gravity based. Yeah. We weigh more on earth than we then would on the moon. Moon. Right. Okay. But like if we're talking about atomic weight, that's a fixed value based on the exact mass measurements of these compounds. So elements don't need to go and get on Jenny Craig or lose no. weight. Okay. Well, so sometimes they do need to lose weight, but then that's how we get radiation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. They just when when an element gets too fat, it it splits into two. So. <laughs> oh, okay. When it gets too fat, it splits into two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so I know that's confusing, but yeah. So that it it, it won't. It's not going to be relative. It's going to be. Yeah, just based on fixed fixed masses. But yeah, and so interestingly, they have two elements with mass, or three elements with mass one. So like, okay. essentially, mass one is a hydrogen atom. So, you know, one proton, one electron. Technically, it's 1.01, but that's the average. Anyway, anyway, one. One is a proton and electron, uh, which would be hydrogen. They also have something called Hobbes and kryptonite. Apparently, kryptonite has a mass of one. So, kryptonite is a thing. 
is an element. So I think it's just crypt. Krypton. 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 I think it's just Krypton. I've never used it because it's not... I always think about Superman and this... Yeah. This kind of element. I didn't realize... That was was the noble gas I was missing. Oh, okay. Was Kryptonite. Was Krypton. Oh, I'm going off Star Trek. Yeah, so Kryptonite. (laughs) Kryptonite is absolutely from... Star Trek. Well, from from Superman. Superman, and then I think Star Trek took it from Superman, <laughs> okay. and then we have Krypton, which is which is a gas. That makes sense because Superman is from space. Yeah, he is an alien. Okay, but why is it the same as hydrogen? That's my question. How can why is Krypton the same as hydrogen? Yeah, so is it's it? got the mass in Star Trek. That or it has to, unless they're working with completely oh, different I'm rules. In, I'm working in uh, in Superman world. Superman world. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, okay, if you have a mass of one, you have one one proton, one electron. So what's the difference between Hobbes, hydrogen, and kryptonite if they're all way one? That That's my question. And also, hydrogen's a gas. Kryptonite, if it's the same kryptonite as the Superman world, is a is rock. It, yeah. How we get in a rock <laughs> from the gas? This is the same problem okay. with the lithium. <laughs> okay, I can, I, I'm starting to see the problem here with some of the Star Trek. Oh, there's... Par- this one lists Paramount in here, too. Or this what? Is yeah, so there's Paramount. Paramount. I like Stugium. So Stugium? Uh, atomic mass of 10 is Stugium. Stugium. Okay. Uh, Californium, they have listed as 19. Um, Californium is a real compound. That one's real. It's much heavier than 19. I'll have to look up how heavy <laughs> is it. Is it 420 grams? Is that what it is? Let's see. We'll Pretend see. I said that correctly the first Oh, Daffy Duckium? Blaze it. <laughs> That one is not real. I, in case anybody's wondering, Daffy Duckium is not real. <laughs> okay, uh, atomic mass two fifty one. I don't. I don't know if we get get any that go up to four hundred yet. I could be wrong. I don't know. I know we get up to the two hundreds, three hundreds. I don't if know if we've is, got a four hundred. One that is four hundred and twenty. They should definitely call it like Blazedum or something. They're not gonna. They should. That would be really funny. <laughs> that would be a missed opportunity. People would be so much more interested in chemistry if they were like, oh, drugs. <laughs> I, I mean... Got a point there. People do keep asking me if I, make, if I can make them meth. And, like, the answer is yes, but I'm not going to. <laughs> like, I, I can make I really you meth. I know how to do it. But no. <laughs> right. You know, many of... I moved out here from South Carolina and... Um, Many of my South Carolina friends think I'm living an episode of Breaking Bad out here. Mm. So, you know. I mean, New Mexico's not that far. We were talking about (laughs) on our way over here, money, how librarians don't make money, and Mm -hmm. chemists, you know. You might want to think about a career change. Nah. (laughs) I don't want to live in a van, in the (laughs) RV, and like, I mean, that whole first episode, he's like naked and got dead bodies in his RV, like that. I, I can't do that. That's not the life I would like to live. Uh, also, I've promised my husband land. I can't. We have to have land. We have to have enough. We have to be stable enough that he can grow things. We can't be on the run constantly. Kind of on the line, <laughs> with the little uh, table of elements. Okay. Just uh, do make create the first plant bus. It's a plant-based plant bus. It's full of plants. I'm you know, sure it's, it's not the first on plant bus. Someone's got a plant bus. We'll make the first one that goes viral on TikTok. Because I have not seen it yet. 
Oh yeah, and then, then the they'll see my meth lab in the background of the TikTok videos. Like, no, you're just gonna cover it with ivy, and then nobody's gonna know what's. No one's gonna there. see it. No. Mm-hmm. We could take it to space. And yeah. Take the meth. Lab I think you to should space. believe in yourself. Mom. You know, we did yeah. just miss the Artemis. The just, oh. Yes. That would have been that. That would have been the perfect opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. Okay. Another another thing in here that um is. Uh, bothers me is they have sodium in here twice um and one time it's That's sodium with the correct symbol and then N-A. the other time it's sodium and they have the potassium symbol they have the k and i'm like why not just name it potassium <laughs> why did you do that it's on here twice okay i see the i see the normal sodium that's na right yeah hey i remember something from high school and then magnesium is is the right symbol that, that's 12, right? Yeah, I think the atomic masses are wrong for all of these, but... Is that what the 11 and 12 and... Yeah, so those numbers, 11, 12, and then there's like five that have 19 for whatever reason. Because that's the other thing. No two isotopes have the same mass. So, and again, isotopes are basically the same element, but they have a different number of neutrons. So what determines what an element is is how many protons they have. Okay. And then... You can have different numbers of neutrons, and and then that's how you get the different isotopes. Protons are positive, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neutrons are neutral, Mm -hmm. right? And electrons, negative? Yep. Hey. Yep. Okay, okay. (laughs) So if you have a neutrally charged atom, you'll have the same number of protons and electrons. Okay. And so you can always know how many electrons something has, because if you have, you could have like Na with a plus sign, right? That means it has one less than so one less electron than sodium has protons, and so that's how we know how many electrons are in a system. Oh, okay. So, so some of these elements, by removing or adding uh, mm-hmm. uh, electrons, neutrons, protons, electrons, electrons. Those are the yeah. ones dancing, right? So. Every chemical reaction you've ever heard of is elect- is electron based. Like okay. the only thing exchanging is electrons. So protons, neutrons stay where Yes. They are. So if they are cha- if if a neutron and a proton are changing, that's a nuclear reaction, not a chemical reaction. Oh, so that's where we get into nuclear. Mhm. Is when protons are So when or neutrons. Protons or neutrons when they are leaving uh-huh. Or or entering, because we can also do that now where we shoot things into uh, nuclei, right? Like, you can add a neutron into a nuclei, right? Um, but whether they're leaving or entering, that's a nuclear reaction. Chemical reactions are all exchanges of electrons. This is... Um, I was watching... Um, uh, before I came here, I was watching... Uh, uh, Star Trek The Real Story mm-hmm. and it's a Discovery Channel uh, like thing of the story of Gene Roddenberry okay. and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that but in it they were talking about some of the technologies one was transportation and, uh, the transporter, teleporter yeah. whatever you call it but they were talking about CERN and Switzerland actually making copies of atoms by shooting lasers in and uh, making them uh, exchange electrons or whatever in the same positions or uh, and stuff like that, making copies of atoms hmm. as a way of transportation. I've not heard of that. I don't know if it's true. 
I don't know. That I'll have to look into, to be honest. Okay. I uh, thought we were talking... We're getting into that realm and stuff like that, but wow. You know, as far as I'm aware, there is not a transportation, you know, any kind of, like, du- duplicating in that way. You do have things like quantum entanglement. That mm-hmm. is, like, a lot of people have thought that's the start of this, where mm-hmm. essentially you can have two electrons or two two subatomic particles, essentially, and you can align their spins Um, And, like, connect them and quantum entangle them. Like, people have heard of quantum entanglement. This is probably a horrible explanation because I'm, I'll be honest, I don't super understand it either. But Mm -hmm. essentially, they're linked after that point. And then no matter how far away you separate them, they're always linked Mm. to each other. So they always stay relative to each other. So, like, that's really weird, right? Like, it shouldn't stay, they shouldn't stay entangled like that. They should... Like, once you move them, they should be affected by their local environments, but they're not. Ah, okay. So that's what quantum entanglement is, and maybe that's what they're talking about. It's starting to sound in that realm. Yeah, so, but as far as I'm aware, we have not, like, cloned any atoms. Like, because you can't create or destroy matter, so I don't know what they're talking about there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because that would involve, because, like, technically how the Star Trek universe does it is they take matter, Mm -hmm. break it down into energy... And then use that energy to make the matter again. Into a matter stream. Yeah. Right. So we aren't doing that. Okay. Because that's... I mean, basically, you'd be making a bomb. <laughs> you'd Everyone would explode. To, like, because if you think about it, like, when... Okay, like, this is how nukes work, actually. Like, all that energy that comes from a nuke is because we've destroyed a, li- a tiny, a tiny amount of matter. And all of that energy coming off is because we destroyed a tiny amount of matter so try to do a whole person (laughs) we Mm. would have a really big bomb (laughs) wow wow like so unless we had a way to like concentrate that or like direct it in any kind of way i just don't see how it'd be possible okay because like if you look yeah but that that basically like if you're changing matter to energy like the amount of energy you get out is massive and not really controllable in a way that would make it possible to then send that energy. You know what I mean? Like, there, mm-hmm. there's no way to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> as far, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Fun facts about, yeah. So, if anybody's trying to, like, transport you, you'll probably just blow up. There's a lot of, a, <laughs> there's a lot of blowing up. I mean, even with the dilithium crystals and mm-hmm. matter and antimatter for the warp drive. It's all based on this, you know, because I, I guess antimatter and matter can't, when they collide or something like that, they explode too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, that that one actually to me makes sense because that's true. Like if you have matter, antimatter, they'll, they'll explode a little bit and, you know, but that, that's interesting to me because I was like, so basically we just have a new combustion engine that instead of working off of fossil fuels, it works off of matter, antimatter explosions. <laughs> well, uh, there's an episode in the seventh season uh, where there are, there's a group of scientists uh, that come aboard the Enterprise. The Enterprise is searching for a lost uh, uh, ship mm-hmm. in this uh, expanse uh, uh, nebula where things have become kind of turbulent. Mm-hmm. And anyway, these two scientists, a brother and a sister, are trying to. They come aboard and they're going. They're saying warp drive is causing these spatial rifts and time and space and oh and, yeah i remember and, that and, one and yeah and, and that we need to start uh to save uh, soon warp drive is going to cause all these rifts all throughout 
mm-hmm. uh, um, our galaxy and stuff like that. We need to stop using warp uh, drive. And um, it comes a whole thing because warp drive has been used for so long way. yeah so that's their version of like a climate emergency except it's like the entire galaxy yes yeah that makes, i can i understand that <laughs> and in, interestingly in that episode too because it was like a brother sister pair and i think it's the sister gets in a shuttlecraft to prove to prove that mm-hmm. like that it's warp that is causing these rifts um and so she basically goes and kills herself to create a rift and show them like warp drive is creating these rifts and interestingly, because it's the Star... Well, not that interestingly, because it's the Star Trek world. Like, they listened... They, they were like, oh, dang. She really, like, was committed to this. And then look at all this to, data. You mean she didn't have to throw soup on a painting? Yeah. Yeah. She just had to kill herself if we knew that was going to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you heard about those protests? Oh, Kansas soup or... Kansas soup. Ma- where, somebody had Trump mashed thing? potatos, I think. Where? No, no. No, it's so- a... You go ahead. They're just, they're climate protesters, but they're finding all these outrageous ways to protest. So they like threw canned soup at like the Mona Lisa. They like smeared mashed potatoes on a Van Gogh or something. They're just like, they're creating, you know, all this attention. They're gluing their hands to basketball courts. Oh, okay. The lady who souped the Van Gogh also super glued herself to the wall so that they, she could stand there and like say, or well, she was like kneeling kneel there and like start saying her stuff but yeah they're super gluing themselves in place so that it takes them longer to like remove them i am pro these protests yeah overall there's a few people though that are like moving on to like defacing historical artifacts i don't think those (laughs) things matter in the face of climate change like you know i can't eat an i can't eat a painting right not not the paintings but there there's like um like stolen artifacts from other countries that people have like put petroleum and blood on, like from Egypt, like artifacts from Egypt that I people also, are defacing. I, think I also support that. Uh, I Personally, know. I do. It is bringing attention, is so I am saying it's working. Yeah, uh, I don't think you should because it's not. It's stolen artifacts mm. that are being displayed in a museum. You know, like right that should be returned, and like it's not your place to do that like a van gogh or something like you are if you're from you know like if you're european like yeah that's your artifact to deface so you're saying they're taking like uh egyptian artifacts from english museums yes and destroying them or or damaging damaging them them. yes and that's the part that i think is not maybe don't do that they were already stolen yes so all i'm saying is do the art (laughs) okay we move from but Star also, Trek to Indiana Jones. Yes. <laughs> oh no, I just I'm a, I'm a big fan of a uh, really disruptive protest. I think yeah. if it's not a disruptive protest, nobody's going to pay attention. If it's a convenient one, it doesn't really matter. Like, yes, block no, the streets. You're absolutely right. Do <laughs> not block the ambulances though, but block the streets of all the other vehicles, sure. Yeah. Um, oh, that makes a librarian shudder. Are books to block involved? The no, not streets, but artifacts. Like, oh my. Don't destroy my books. (laughs) To to me, I just like I'm just like take a picture. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, all I'm saying Mm. is they are effective. Like no matter how I feel about them, so far they are getting attention. So that is a net positive. Is all I'm saying. I just it hurt my heart because I'm like that's not that's not yours to destroy. I don't know. That was just me. I was like destroy the Van Gogh. Like that's that's our culture's artifact. I mean, it's also like. (laughs) <laughs> it is it's not like climate change is only affecting 
English people. Like, it's affecting everyone, you know? So I think Absolutely. If, if the Egyptians are going to, like, if the Egyptians are going to be mad at anyone, I think they'd probably be more mad at the English versus at the climate protesters. That's fair. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Because, like, if they had their own stuff, you know, they could guard it themselves. You're saying the Egyptians could guard it themselves? Yeah. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Right. Like, they're, they're, you're saying the English did not properly guard their artifacts, and therefore they're more mad at them. Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have them in the first place, but... Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm really good at derailing the podcast <laughs> when I have anything con- to contribute at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've got into climate change and... Yeah, we really and... need to do a climate change episode, because, uh, yeah... Maybe I'll finally get hate mail. I keep getting warned that I'm going to get hate mail, and I haven't gotten hate mail yet. Who said? <laughs> why do people say you're going to get hate mail? I don't know. <laughs> for I, I don't think that we for, say things that are... For controversial statements? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I say a lot of stupid things, but I think in general people know that I'm an idiot. Like, they don't think I'm serious. I would I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, a, I'm, like, weirdly excited to get hate mail because I feel like that means I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I've like pissed you're doing somebody, the right thing. I've pissed somebody off, and that means I'm saying something that's important. <laughs> yeah. It's not important that's unless you're point. pissing somebody off, right? Or... I don't know. The same thing, I mean, it's the same thing with protests. You know, you're making an impact yeah. if somebody hates it. Or they say about libraries, you know, every library has something to piss someone off in, you know. Mm, yeah, that's fair. No. People are always mad at what happens in a library. I don't know why libraries have become so controversial. <laughs> right? It's like you didn't even know there was a library in your town, and now you're upset that. Right. Now you're like, upset, do yeah. you do you have a library card? If the answer is no, you don't get to be mad you about what's happening in your library. I'm sorry. I would agree. <laughs> if you don't go there, it's not your business. Wow, we just stepped into a lot of controversial stuff for Texas and. <laughs> <laughs> I I love libraries. Like the more I found out about like how public like how public libraries work and like all the stuff like in Chattanooga where my family lives, they have like tools that you can check out. Like they have so many resources. Every library has so many resources because they have like uh, baking pans and stuff like that too. Like here in Lubbock, or yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not sure which library it is, but I know they'll ha- they have like bunt bunt pans, bunt cake pans, like all like kind of specific stuff. Yeah, that yeah. you might not necessarily want to buy. Like just the niche stuff that you're not going to yeah. use yeah. all the time, but like you might use at the holidays or whatever. Right. They've got a seed library too. They've got a seed library. Can you yeah. actually get the seeds? Yeah, you can get the seeds. Uh, that's uh, dope. From, I'll have to tell from, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. See, I love a library. <laughs> get a library card. <laughs> Every yeah. time I find out about libraries, I'm like, they have more cool stuff than I thought they did before, and I already thought they had cool stuff. <laughs> can that be? Can that be another official stance of this podcast? Support your local library. Absolutely. Why? Absolutely an official po- uh, podcast standard. I'll there tweet it and everything. Our on... controversial stand. Is that is it controversial? Maybe Apparently I'll get Apparently hate... in Texas. I'll get hate mail about that. Yes. <laughs> hate are... mail because I told you to go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> go to the library. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, there's probably a pretty big percentage of the population, like a a disappointingly large percentage of the population that is illiterate. Yeah. But they do have literacy resources at libraries. Absolutely, yeah. So. There's a really cool dude on TikTok I was following who, he's in his 20s and he's teaching himself how to read. Like, he never learned how to properly um, read. My mom works in, uh, for the Literacy Council in Midland. So oh, she's always telling awesome. us, like, you know, she, it's, it is uh, kind of a lot of, um, like, uh, immigrants that she works with, like Mexican mm-hmm. immigrants. That never learned how to 
uh, read English that she's, you know, helping them. That's awesome. Wow. Cool. She's a bit of a hero. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a yeah. hero. I saw this announcement from Texas Tech, too, that they all have, they have um, adult education services. So if you want to go back and get your G- GED and some other stuff, Texas Tech has a, a whole online program that's free to get a GED. So if you are someone who wants to do that and hasn't gotten a GED or a high school diploma, uh, it's totally free. So that's another opportunity. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Go get a, go get your GED. My grandma got her GED. I think it, people go get your GEDs. Do it. My, um, uh, I'm on the board of literacy Lubbock and they have GED services and tutoring there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's free as well to go and take, uh, go and take practice tests and, and things. And that's at the library at the main, uh, the library. main campus library, the, the main campus library. That's awesome. Yeah. I love a library. Okay. <laughs> wow. We were talking Star Trek, chemistry, and now libraries. I feel like that's how every episode that's goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we get all... And that, that's why I, I like this show a lot of the time. Because I'm like, I'm, I, I can sit here and I can tell you about chemistry all day. But like, at the end of the day, people don't connect with that part of the podcast. I don't think we're... They connect with the humanity and the things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love my chemists. Yeah. And there is, I do think there is like a pretty generous portion of our listeners that are chemists and other, other kinds of scientists, but there's also like big dummies like me who just want to hear about pop culture. Um, we've no. been over this. You have to stop calling yourself dumb though. No, I just mean like, <laughs> cause I don't want to call myself a normal person. Cause that would make you guys like abnormal and I don't support that either. I just mean someone who's not necessarily <laughs> scientifically minded. Fair. You know, you can say a layman. There's other right. terms other than a dummy. I don't know. I'm just sensitive about it. I'm sorry. Well, um, thank you for being sensitive on my behalf. But as a proud member of the Tonto community, I can refer to myself as such if I want to. <laughs> okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, uh, I I just I, I enjoy I enjoy our offshoots more than a lot of the other stuff. Sometimes it's fun. <laughs> well, and I I mean I think it helps for uh you know laymans and tontos alike to relate it to something that's not necessarily so niche. Yeah, like, you know, absolutely. And then it also like you know I'm I'm teaching scientists about pop culture. That's my portion. That's my contribution mm-hmm. to the show. Absolutely, we need it because we're we're. What we do you want to know rocks. about Taylor Swift? Because I know everything. <laughs> For some reason, I don't. Um, have you ever heard of Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda? I have not. What is that? It, it's a podcast uh, from um, uh, the Center for Communicating Science, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Alan Alda is like there's big founder and spokesperson alan alda is from mash years ago okay mm-hmm. comedian uh things like that and he his that whole center is about teaching scientists how to communicate effectively to lay people mm. <laughs> i'll have to check it out <laughs> yeah like, you need and, to be recruited I, maybe i will i'll send them my yeah. stuff be like hey look at me we have a podcast <laughs> Berkeley, you want me? <laughs> Hello. I love the podcast because it will take um, uh, scientists who have a certain way of 
thing. And Alan Alda has this way of just pulling out of them the language that they couldn't explain before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, goes off on tangents and some things like that, but starts talking about things that are climate change and helping climate change scientists explain the data i think it's a i think it's a comedy brain thing Ah. so like comedy brain you're used to taking something like you're used to taking two things that are almost entirely unrelated and finding a way to connect them and knowing how to relate to large groups of people so i'm not saying that comedians are maybe the best communicators but i do think (laughs) (laughs) we we do have a certain there is a certain skill that goes along with it that does help um, but comedians are also notoriously bad at being serious. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I mean, part it's of it kind too. of in the definition. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like even in in situations that are that are supposed to be serious. So it's like it's hard for like I guess they're good at communication on a broad scale, but I wouldn't say like on an individual scale. That's fair. That's like fair. if you're if you're trying to like if your friend is going through a divorce, it's not necessarily going to be funny to them if you say congratulations. Which is my first reaction. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, but some people throw divorce parties now. Okay? Right. Divorce right. can be a good time. Yeah. But if they're like, if they're not excited about it, even though you know it's the right thing for them to do and they will be happier eventually, they don't want to hear that, even though it would make me really laugh. That's fair. Um, my mom does ultrasound, and so occasionally she has to tell someone that they're pregnant, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. not, like, her main job. She doesn't work in an OBGYN clinic. But every once in a while she does, and she always, like tells them that they're pregnant in a very neutral way, and then based on their reactions, she'll say congratulations or Or, oh no. Because, like, some people are like, oh my god, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And so that's not the time to be like, congratulations, you have a baby! Right, right. (laughs) She just says, you are pregnant. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep, exactly. She just waits. (laughs) Um, She also, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun time. It's a fun job she has. Um, she also had to like ultrasound someone's butt once. What was in there? A cyst. Oh, not that's not fun. That's less fun. I thought it was gonna be a funny story. <laughs> no, about like a, a little race car or a Lego or something. Actually, we might have to take that out because I don't know if I'm supposed to know that. Um, oh. It's not. It's. I think it's. I mean, I, mean, I, I can don't cut know it out if you want me to. Yeah, because you don't know whose butt. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily violate HIPAA because we don't have any identifying information. You didn't even say if it was what whose butt it belonged to, like male, female, age wise. You know, no, it's not necessarily uh, private is information. It a, is it a violation of HIPAA to know no. that uh, you have this to... person uh, washed very thoroughly and apologized before showing my mom his butt? No, that's just polite. I think that's just good information. If you're going to go to the doctor because uh, you have something strange in your body, please wash it. That's the fourth official stance of the podcast. Wash, wash your butt before going to a doctor. Wash. Just wash your butt in general. Just wash it. Cleanliness is important. Oh, my We learned that in our penicillin episode also. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, fun fact: cheesium. That's cheesium. that's a Star Trek element. Cheesium. 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 Also, princessium. Is that what makes cheese so cheesy? It should be. 
Oh, can I click it? I can click oh. it. Let's see what it says. The element abbreviation is SW because that makes any sense. Unknown atomic number. A transonic series. It's a member of the transonic series. Transonic series. Is that the substance that's on Cheetos? Is Cheesium? Cheesium Cheetos. Is that why it's bright orange? Like unnaturally orange and delicious? (laughs) Okay. So, uh, I guess this could... (laughs) Speaking of Cheesium, we've got these... um, uh, And I guess these elements here that can be used uh, all throughout, throughout the series... Uh, you know, you can go up to a device called a replicator, mm-hmm. and you can say, "Hey, I want uh, uh, cheesium Cheetos," and it will reorient proteins and and things like that, and automatically it pops out. It kind of just like the transporters, just kind of does its magical stuff like that, and all of a sudden you got cheesium Cheetos to eat. There you go. All you need is a is a was, replicator. Is is a Jeff replic- Bezos selling these yet on his website? Well, I thought that was more of an Elon Musk thing to do. I don't. No, he's no. Because the thing is, is like Jeff doesn't take credit for the things that are on his website, whereas Elon takes credit for everything. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he's like, I did it, which is gonna bite him in the butt so fast. Oh yeah, Twitter is so is actively it's going down. On fire. It's yeah. On fire. It's, it's much worse. There are so many people <laughs> saying like tonight, just tonight, like, uh, rest in peace, Twitter, goodbye, Twitter. Yeah. Apparently Twitter's dead. Like it's kinda like it kinda feels like if it was your last day of high school and then your high school was going to be blown up. <laughs> All right. Um, that's kind of what it feels like. It's really sad because I just joined Twitter. I really love I Twitter. I just joined Twitter. I just Twitter. left Twitter. It is my favorite. You just favorite left Twitter? Yes. Because of this nonsense? Yeah, I just got kind of tired of all... And I never use it, so... I, that's fair. Maybe I left it a long time ago. I, I just Twitter deleted alone. the account now. I was trying to join Science Twitter. Because Science Twitter is a thing. And I joined it and I was there for like a couple months. And then literally everyone's like, all right, I'm out. No more science Twitter. And I'm like, no, I just joined. Come back. <laughs> ah! Wow. But yeah, uh, he's like firing everybody. Like there's like no, like, so and actually this is chemistry news. So, you know, Eli Lilly had a spoof account that was verified. Yes. I don't know. Do y'all know what Eli Lilly is? Yes. I don't. Okay. So Eli Lilly is a chemical company. Oh, okay. So it's like Merck. They make medicine. They make medicine. Oh, they make medicine. Okay. Yeah, they're mo- I'm sure they do other stuff too, but the primarily they're a medication company. Um, and they tweeted, th- or one of their spoof accounts, like one of the fake ones, tweeted that insulin's now free. And it tanked Eli Lilly's stock. Like they <gasps> lost millions of dollars in stock. From a yeah. tweet? From a, from a fake, from a fake tweet, tweet from a because, verified account. Um, because all you have to do to get verified now, I don't know if you heard, was you have to just pay $8. $8, I heard yeah. that, yeah. So there are a lot of fake um, accounts going around right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Elon tried to do, like, damage control. He was like, actually, because people were like, well, initially the inventors, the creators of insulin sold their patent for a dollar because they did the honorable thing, like the man who created penicillin, or discovered penicillin, right? Right. Uh, they were like, well, this is going to save lives. We can't possibly patent this and, like, keep it for ourselves because it's mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so, like, and it still works. But he was trying to say, like, oh, the different analogs of insulin cost more and more. And it's like, no, they don't. 
Like, not as much as they do cost. Because even, like, because Bernie Sanders got on there and he was like, actually, you don't have to charge this much for insulin. No other country charges this much for insulin. Yeah. But you can tell, like, you know more now because of, like, the development that's gone into these newer insulins. But it's not Not hundreds of dollars more. Yeah. But you could tell, like, it kind of seemed like the, um, like, probably the CEO himself of Eli Lilly called Elon directly and he was like, you better fix this. Because that's my money, and we're not going to advertise on your site anymore. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing seems to have gone kaput. It's for, a real dumpster fire. Yeah, I was about to and use was... a different word for that, but since we're on a podcast. I mean, I can cut it out and put it in the bloops if you want. <laughs> Honestly, you can just probably bleep it now, and then be like, "And th- this is, ooh, this is a good time to plug. I've got a Patreon now. I made us a Patreon. <laughs> I joined. You joined? I just, right Yay. before we get, I saw your your Insta. Oh, my Insta. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so we have a Patreon now. Uh, we have, we're, it's not on there. Well, by the time this goes up, we'll put the the new bonus episode where me and Selena talk about Flubber. Um, the science, I think, in Flubber sounds, seems like it's actually a lot more sound than the science in Star Trek. Correct. I would say so. Unfortunately. There's a lot more explosions, so I yeah. mean, that's fair. <laughs> the only part that, like, didn't really go science-y was the, those, those bowling balls, those bouncy bowling balls. Those should have killed that man. Right. Those should have killed that man. Yeah, there's, there's no way. <laughs> like, these giant bowling balls go, like, a mile into the sky and then fall on a guy's head, and it doesn't kill him. Wow. And I mean, like, that would be really dark for it a kid's movie. Him. But, like, let's be honest, that man would be dead. Yeah, 100%. Um, but anyway, yeah, go, so go join. Uh, we've got a $3, a $5, and a $10 tier. Yeah, at the $10 tier, you'll get a sticker. I'll send you a sticker. You want a sticker? Pay me $10. Pay me $10. But we're also, we're going to have other bonus episodes where we're just going to do, we're going to talk about movies, more pop culture things. We're going to put all the explicit content on there, some bloopers, um, a couple people who shall not be named, uh, fell out of, fell out of slash broke chairs at our previous studio space. Yeah. Uh, so we'll put that up there. I think that is in one of them. I, I did leave the, the portion of it. Yeah. I think it's so. at the end of the episode. Yeah. It's the end of the yeah. Liza Meitner episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had two people t- break chairs yes. at that previous studio. Um, those chairs were put them cheap, both in there. cheap chairs. The university wouldn't give me chairs, so I had plastic chairs and they broke. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, sorry about that. <laughs> You were, Selena was one but of the ones that fell. That. I did. 100%. So far, I feel pretty sturdy. What's well, metal? It, sh- it should be pretty, pretty good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bounce around on it. Um, <laughs> I don't have a hundred percent confidence in these chairs, but they seem to be okay so far. <laughs> oh my! Wow. But yeah. Woo! I guess we. I feel like we've rambled on for a long time. Do we want to sum up anything with? Uh, Star Trek chemistry, other than it's super wrong and don't think about it too much, or else it'll ruin super your enjoyment and of don't... Star Trek. Yeah, I know. I'm starting to get you know, like because I grew up as a kid. Hey, this is this is this makes sense, and we can go between stars, and 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 oh my goodness, we can replicate food, and, mm-hmm. and like who? I mean, nobody has to starve. We can just have a replicator pattern of this reoriented protein matter. And, yeah. and uh, have food. I mean, 
Is that possible? I mean, it is possible that no one has to starve because there are enough resources on this planet. There's just a big hoarding problem also on this planet. Yeah. So that, like, the idea is correct, but... Well, I thought, you know, with Star Trek, you could solve both, yeah. you know, you could have the like, hoarding problem and... You know, that's just the problem that you <laughs> that you have when you're a kid, where it's like, when you're a kid, you know, you think all cats are girls and all dogs are boys, you know? It's that dumb, it's that, like, kid brain. At least that's what I believed as a child. Uh, I'm just telling on myself, that's what I believed. I was going to say, I was really I confused about the, the TV show Cat Dog, because they were both coded male animals. And then I didn't figure out where they pooped out of. Um, I was gonna say, know. technically, neither of them would be males. They did not have a butt of any right, kind. Right? They had no. They had no genitalia. They had no. Uh, you know, cat dog. Cat dog is canonically non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> That's just true. I do want to say. So you guys didn't mention the only thing I know about Star Trek because it's something a comedian said. She has a joke um, where she talks about her name, which is Sashir, mm-hmm. which is a crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a planet. Um, that's it. That's all I know. I don't know Sashir. that one. It's, it, it's in this episode. Let me see. Sashir Zamata is the comedian's name. You sure it's a crystal? Yes. Well, here it's in Sashir. It's a Kelvin word. Let's see. Oh, cookies. To the, oh, it... A Kelvin word for rapidly forming crystalline structure native to the Andromedan planet Kelva. Hmm. So she has this joke where basically... <gasps> oh, this is another Saturday Night Live. It's called a, by any other name. Because she is on Saturday Night Live. She has this joke where she's like, I want to get upset for people about... She's like, because people... She's like, um, the people who almost always incorrectly say my name are white people. Um, and she's like, I do want to be like, what's the matter? You can't fit all of that culture in those thin lips. But she's like, but <laughs> my name isn't from black culture my name is from star trek but she's like that makes me an even smaller subset the black nerd (laughs) yeah she obviously does a lot better but i do recommend watching that bit because that's the literally the only thing i know about star trek is sashir samada's name and then Whoopi goldberg is in it that's it that's all you know that's all i know (laughs) that goes all the way back to the original series that's all i know and it's this planet that uh, while uh, the Enterprise is looking uh, for um, uh, survivors from a distress call. And um, anyway, they're exploring this planet and it's from this flower that's just sheer chemical or element or whatever this is and stuff like that. And it turns out to be poisonous or something. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's from the blossom of a plant. Yeah, and so, uh, let's see, and remark Captain Kirk, uh, remark to Captain Kirk that the flower resembled Shashir. She had learned from memory tapes. I have no idea what that means. And now you have to watch that episode. <laughs> uh, that will happen tonight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch the joke and then watch the episode, or watch the episode and then watch the joke. I feel like you should watch the episode then the joke. Yeah. Because otherwise, I feel like the joke won't hit as hard. That's no, it, no, because that that means the joke will hit harder. Like, you won't laugh at first. Maybe you won't laugh at first at the joke. I think you still will because it's very funny. Because honestly, that portion is just the setup for the joke. And then whenever you get to that portion in the show, then you'll laugh, and that's almost better. Because then it's like it's stuck in your head. Delayed laughter, delayed gratification. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay. I like to consume comedy that way sometimes. I'll laugh about this later. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love yeah. this podcast. Like you, you save it up. You save it up, and then you spend it all. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll end on one fun fact about the podcast itself, and then we'll I'll I'll yell a random word, and then we'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> so uh, the name of this podcast is actually also inspired by Star Trek. So like in the original series, I think it's the original series. I don't know. It's part of the original series gang. It's talking about how they do whatever they want whenever they want. And, like, in the next generation, I think, uh, or I don't know who says it, but somebody says, you know, you can't just keep doing this cowboy diplomacy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I don't know who says that. It, who it, says that? Uh, um, I can't remember who says it, but it's the... Because they say it to it's Spock. It's Picard to Spock. It's Picard to Spock. And okay. it's, when, uh, it's when Spock is uh, kind of defected behind Romulan. Which Romulans? That's right. That's right. Because he's are, trying to reunite Romulans and. Uh, um, but he didn't tell Starfleet. Yeah. He's trying Vulcans. to re- reunite <laughs> Romulans and Vulcans who yeah. are distant cousins. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he winds up uh, not telling Starfleet, and then it's a big concern because Spock has two centuries because Vulcans live a long time right. of Starfleet secrets. And they're worried that he has defected to the Romulans. Right, and going to tell everybody all the information. Right, and Picard tells him, you know, you can't go on this type of cowboy diplomacy just like you did with Kurt. Right. Yeah. Which is an odd thing to say to a Vulcan. Of course, he's half human. Right. And he's doing very illogical things, and Vulcans are this logical um thing and that was mm-hmm. the term used in that episode but yeah that's how i got that's that's how i was inspired to do cowboy chemistry i had no idea yeah so cowboy chemistry is is a spin-off in my mind of cowboy diplomacy because like at least some this episode is not a good example but a lot of the people i want to talk about are people like doing cowboy chemistry they're doing whatever they want experimenting on themselves like from the last episode like you know doing crazy stuff you know, there was one guy who I want to do an episode about who was trying to sh- prove that leaded gasoline was safe, so he would huff leaded gasoline. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why I named it Cowboy Chemistry, was because it's cowboy diplomacy, cowboy chemistry. That's such a fascinating... Star Trek reference. I, that's such a fascinating um, little tidbit about the... That I had no clue until just right now that yeah. this kind of just spurred from Star Trek. Now, yeah, because most people... All- warm and like oh about star trek <laughs> yeah because most people are like oh is it cowboy chemistry because you're in texas <laughs> <laughs> i've had that question many times oh my goodness so but yeah no it's because of star trek put our real exit music here goodbye <laughs> Apoptosis is going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. A stardust and chemistry.